And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Welcome, welcome to a new episode of My Public Life as an American Nerd, the podcast that might actually contain the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. I'm your host, Kevin, and thank you guys for joining me. Um, now, look, guys, I just want to say, um, I normally don't bring this stuff up, but it's pretty cool. Um, this past week was my birthday, made it one more year around the sun, um, and I'm 42 this year, which is pretty cool um, number to be if you're a nerd, right? 42, um, you can either look at it as Jackie Robinson's number, or if you're a Douglas Adams fan, like I am, it is the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. It's just, you know, I'm feeling old now, feeling a bit more um, rejuvenated, I guess, a little bit more tired little bit older. I'm not too old though. I know people will say, Hey, 42, it's not that bad. Um, and it's really not, doesn't feel any different than 41 before that 40, even 35, I guess still feel the same. Um, but yeah, one more year, uh, around the sun and you know, 42 was the milestone. And then after that, it's, it's just, uh, you know, waiting for 60, 65 to get those, uh, early bird dinners and discounts and all that fun stuff. Um, so yeah. Um, but thank you guys for joining me today. Um, we have a really, really, uh, fun show. We're going to be talking about some, um, Thor love and thunder. Uh, we're going to be talking about clerks three, which trailer just released this past week and some other cool little pieces of news and tidbits, uh, going around in the, in the realm of pop culture. But before we get to that, I just want to do a little bit of uh, housekeeping real quick. Um, So on November 12th of 2022, the Pop Culture Expo will be taking place at the Hilton Conference Center in Victorville, California. If you guys are there, this looks like a really, really fun event. It'd be really cool. You can head on over to um, the website here is uh, pcehd.com. Again, that's pcehd.com. Um, you find information on, you know, as, as soon as, you know, guests are announced and everything, you can find information on all that on that site. You can also buy tickets, uh, plan your trip, and it looks like it's going to be a great time. Um, and yeah, so it looks like it's going to be an, another awesome year for the Pop Culture Expo. Uh, so November 12th, 2022, mark your calendars, everyone. It's going to be a great time, especially if you live in the high desert area. Um, so let's get into some some uh, quick um we're going to start off talking about some video game news that, that recently hit, um, not necessarily about particular video games themselves, even though there is one, but generally for the industry as a whole and some of the studios, um, studio news. I think the one of the biggest um, pieces of news to come out this week was that Nintendo has actually purchased its own CG animation studio. Um, they purchased a company called Dy- Dynamo Pictures. 
in order to develop visual content using Nintendo IP, um, they're going to be changing their names to Nintendo Pictures. Um, no one really knows the exact details of what this means or what's um, you know it's going to mean for the future of the company. But um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It just means that they can develop their own their own um, IP into their own movies, so they can create CGI movies based off of. Um, Legend of Zelda, they can do a, you know, they might even be able to put together a really cool Super Smash Brothers movie or, you know, whatever they wanted to do in house. Um, much kind of like Marvel did earlier, you know, back in the day when they kind of decided to, instead of giving their uh, IPs to different uh, companies to produce, uh, in their case, it was a Paramount Universal, their properties were kind of all over the place. They created their own production studio, which became Marvel Studios, where they produced everything in house, which is now owned by Disney. Um, but yeah, this is exciting. This is pretty cool. It just means that we'll see more of their IPs uh, come to life. Uh, and generally CG, uh, this company, uh, Dynamo Pictures, they've worked on projects like Ghost in the Shell. Uh, they've worked with Studio Ghibli on Earwig and the Witch. I don't know if you guys have watched that. It's on HBO Max. You should check it out. They've worked on like Mega Man, uh, Death Stranding. Uh, Death Stranding was a lot of the CG work that they did on that. And they've done stuff in the Resident Evil franchise too for the animations and stuff like that. Uh, they haven't really announced it like again they haven't announced any plans um they do have you know obviously a couple years ago they released the um the detective pikachu which was a live action version of their pokemon property which opened up pretty well it was actually a pretty good movie too i think it it didn't necessarily break the video game curse but it gave people hope that video game movies could be good um and of course next on the docket for nintendo is the super mario brothers the movie which is going to be which is being produced by Universal and Illumination, who did, um, you know, Minions movies are going to be behind the animation, um, which is pretty cool. That comes out at the end of this year. Of course, it's their first attempt to adapt Super Mario since that god-awful 1990s movie with uh, Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. Uh, and movie so bad, it's good. I'll admit it. I've watched it since. It's a horrible movie, but it's so much fun. Um, the Super Mario Brothers movie coming out this year is going to be all CG. Uh, the casting is a little bit strange, especially for Mario, Chris Pratt as Mario. A lot of people aren't feeling that very, very much, but we'll see how that, how that goes around. Um, but I think the rest of the cast is pretty solid. Uh, you have Charlie Day's Luigi, Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach. Jack Black as Bowser is probably one of my favorite castings of all time. This makes so much sense. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong is also another inspired choice. And Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong. Um, I think a lot of people are excited for this cast. They're excited for this movie. We haven't seen trailers or anything yet, but I'm sure that'll be coming soon because um, the movie releases later this year. So oh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, um, we'll see what's in store for Nintendo Um CGI projects in the future. It could be pretty interesting to see a live, you know, a CG Zelda movie or something like that. But who knows? We'll see. Um, so keeping, you know, keeping it up for that. And uh, yeah, so that's pretty cool. And the other piece of video game information I want to spread is that uh, so this kind of came about a couple months ago. We heard about it. We knew it was happening. But Bungie is now officially a PlayStation Studio. Now Bungie, they you know, the Halo series and Destiny um, they've done. There's, according to these press releases and stuff, they're still going to be a multi, um, you know, they're still going to be releasing games for different systems. It's not just going to be a PlayStation exclusives from here on out. Uh, I guess it just means that PlayStation just gets a little bit more money in their pocket from it. 
uh, they're still going to be going along the same trajectory they have been. I might be, you know, I don't know how it's going to run. I don't know how Bungie's ran now um, for hit or miss things, um, but the video game industry as a whole has come under deep scrutiny for their, you know, specifically their, you know, how much they work their employees and their time crunches and, you know, just to meet release day. Um, pretty horrible stuff. I don't know if you guys have read it, but you guys can just Google it, you know, Google some stuff about uh, Rockstar Games and, you know, the the story that, that comes to my mind specifically is from the uh, production of Red Dead Redemption 2 and just how much crunch time there was, how much overtime the employees did. Um, this doesn't sound like a very... Um, you know, productive environment. Um, but again, they got the game out. The game's fantastic. Um, but at what cost? You know, um, who knows? So uh, hopefully PlayStation will be able to kind of re, you know, restructure a lot of that and and make these places a better place to work. But again, I'm not an uh, insider. I don't have too much information. I just know what I've read and what I've seen and things like that. So um seems to be a pretty rough week for cg artists in general there was a whole thing with uh, disney on twitter uh, marvel specifically how they overwork their employees and stuff like that but uh i don't want to get into that right now but but um you guys do better industry could do better hopefully we do see changes uh positive changes especially from these bigger studios um that uh that crank out the products that we like and one of those we're going to be talking about those in a little bit here um but yeah so um yeah, so Bungie now officially is a PlayStation company. Um, Skate 4, I don't know how many of you guys are fans of the Skate franchise. Uh, I got into it. I'm more of a Tony Hawk. You know, Tony Hawk 1 and 2 were like my games. I love those games. Skate came along. I didn't play it too much, but what I did play, I really liked. Uh, I didn't have like a next-gen system for a while, so I wasn't really able to play it too much. Um, but Skate 4 is in development <clears throat> Um, but the title, it's going to be simply called Skate, and it is going to be free to play, which is the first time the series has um, done that with any of their their games. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so if you guys are Skate fans, fans of the franchise, um, keep an eye out for that. I believe it's going to be releasing next year sometime, 2023, but it will be free to play. And um, I'm sure there'll be like DLC and stuff like that you can purchase, but um, that's pretty cool. They're doing that. So um, there's a work in progress video of the game that still looks pretty solid. Doesn't look like they're cutting any corners or anything to make it free to play. It looks like it's still going to have the same, um, same systems, same um, graphics, same everything. So that's pretty exciting. So keep an eye out for that. Should come out next year. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. Um, <clears throat> I just thought this, this uh, piece of news was really, really funny. Uh, now we're moving to movies a little bit. Um, Chris Pratt has come out and openly uh, openly said that he is not going to be playing Indiana Jones. So there was a rumors a while back over the last couple of years, actually, about uh, an Indiana Jones reboot, remake, as soon as Harrison Ford was done with the role, maybe giving us a younger version or something. And Chris Pratt's kind of been in that conversation for a long, long time. Uh, recently, he appeared on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast, which is also which is a really great podcast. If you guys haven't heard that, you guys should check it out. Um, but he answered the question about the um, the apparent fan casting, and then um, I just thought this. Uh, here's a quote from that podcast. 
Uh, he, sh- where he shut down the rumor, he, indicating he has no plans to take the role. This is what he said. No, aren't they doing Indiana Jones with Harrison Ford? All I know is what is I once saw a quote from Harrison Ford, and I don't even know if it was really him, but it w- was enough to scare me. That was like, when I die, Indiana Jones dies. And I'm like, am I going to get haunted by the ghost of Harrison Ford one day when I die, when he dies, if I play Indiana Jones? Um so yeah, guys, I don't know. I mean, I like Chris Pratt. He has charisma, but I don't think anybody, nobody can take that torch on. Like even a younger version. I mean, I think uh, walk or not walk river Phoenix um, from uh, the last crusade did a really good job portraying young Indiana Jones, but that was only for the first, what, 10, 15 minutes of the movie. Um, but I don't think anyone can sustain a whole film. Uh, they had that TV show a while back, which was pretty good. Um, I actually quite enjoyed it, but I don't remember much from it, to be honest. And I don't know if um, if he was any good playing the role. But um, we do know there's another Indiana Jones movie coming next year, directed by James Mangold, not directed by Steven Spielberg this time, which kind of gets me a little worried. But Mangold has proven that he could handle a um, kind of a send off for a character in a beautiful way, like he did with Logan. He directed Logan, which many, many, many people um will attest that it's probably one of the greatest superhero movies ever made um just the way you gave him that send-off was really great so we'll see how that movie turns out but no guys chris pratt is not going to be playing indiana jones um some drama going on between star wars and gremlins Recently, director Joe Dante, who directed the Gremlins, um, was on a a podcast here. He was doing an interview, and one of his quotes was he was talking about how Disney and uh, Lucasfilm specifically stole the idea for Grogu from um, Gizmo from Gremlins. Um, I can't say that he's totally wrong, because whenever I saw Grogu, Baby Yoda. I got that vibe. Doesn't mean they specifically stole it from Gremlins, but really, really highly influenced everything from the design of him to the ears, everything like that. Um, So uh, yeah, he basically flat out said, hey, like they flat out stole it. Um, No one's really responded. It doesn't seem like it's, it's, it doesn't really seem like real beef, but, um, but yeah, it's uh, again, he's not wrong. So we'll see what comes of that, if anyone responds from Lucasfilm or whatnot. Um, just a couple more things before we get into uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, Adam Scott has joined the cast of the Madam Web adaptation over at Sony. So Adam Madam Web is a spinoff of the Spider-Man franchise. Uh, it's based on the Madam Web character um, on Marvel Comics. Uh, Adam Scott has joined the cast that was announced on Friday. Um, this cast is pretty stacked. Dakota Johnson is going to be playing Madam Web. Um, you know, joining Adam Scott is Sydney Sweeney, Emma Roberts, Celeste O'Connor, Isabella Merced, Tahir Rahim, and Mike Epps are going to be rounding out that cast. Uh, SG Clark, ex- sorry, excuse me, SJ Clarkson will direct the spinoff uh, based on a script by Matt Sazama and Burke sharpless so um listen these sony spinoffs haven't been the best but um you know i'm willing to give them all a shot you know i'll check them all out i'll watch them i'll um you know 
I'll see, you know, I watched Venom. I watched Morbius. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll watch them all, check them out, see what's going on um, and uh, see if they're any good. Cause who knows, you might be surprised. So um, uh, yeah. So keep an eye out for that with Adam Scott on board. I love Adam Scott. I think that um, he's an incredible actor. I haven't watched severance yet, which is on uh, Apple TV plus I hear it's a phenomenal show directed and produced and created by Ben Stiller, but I've heard a lot of good things. So um uh yeah so uh anyways uh yeah adam's got to be joining that cast so we'll see how that turns out we'll see if it's any good if it's any good and uh how that will go um, so i don't know how, how how many of you guys have have uh school-aged kids but um i think you know my, my kids my daughter especially she's she's 10 but she's uh fallen in love with this character there's this character that that she she watched in school with her classmates or teacher showed it to them and it's not really educational per se but it's just it's more cute than anything um it's this little guy named marcel the shell with shoes on um it's a little you know short videos uh stars jenny slate as the main um the voice of the character and they are really really cute videos <clears throat> Anyways, they made a feature-length film for A24, uh, which is in theaters now. Uh, it's been getting nothing but great reviews. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm I'm dying to see it. I actually, have, it looks it looks really good. It looks cute. It looks like a great family film. Um, but I can't watch it right now. I have to wait for my daughter to be able to watch it, or else she'll kill me. Um, but anyways, um, the director of that, he's this gentleman. Oh, excuse me. Gentleman by the name of Dean Fleischer Camp, who's he directed all of the um, shorts for YouTube as well. Um, he's going to be helming the upcoming live action remake of Lilo and Stitch for Disney, um, which kind of came as a surprise, I think, for a lot of people. I mean, obviously, we kind of knew the movie was possibly going to be happening. We knew that. Um, you know, it, it was, it was, you know, Disney's kind of been doing this with a lot of their properties. Uh, director John Cho was actually in line to direct, or that was the name that was thrown around for, to direct for a while. Uh, but apparently he's not, uh, he could be producing, um, but it could be fun that Lilo and Stitch is, is one of the, it's one of the greats. It's, it's one of the classics. And I don't even want to say underrated because I think people know how great Lilo and Stitch is. It's just so funny. Um, so heartwarming. Uh, and it's got that Elvis soundtrack, which is just incredible. The setting's incredible. Everything's incredible. Uh, so we'll see how that turns out. We don't actually know uh, when it's coming out. Um, it could be, or if it's going to be theatrical or uh, Disney plus. Um, but we'll see when that uh, comes around. So keep an eye out for that. Um, so let's talk about Thor a little bit, Thor love and thunder. I haven't been able to really talk to you to y'all about it, uh, what I thought about it, but let's talk about uh, this is week three of it being released at theaters and it's still at the top of the box office. Um, it still had a slight, a slight decline. Um, it's fell about 60, about uh, 68%, which I think we talked about this before about the amount of, you know, box office week to week, they generally drop. Um, some drop less than others. Top Gun's a perfect example of a movie that, that just dropped with these 
incredibly small numbers, which are unheard of. Like they dropped like 10, 11%. Generally, you're going to see a 40 to 50% drop. But anyways, um, Thor 11 Thunders dropped about 68% since last weekend. Um, No, I'm sorry. This is a second week. Sorry. I do apologize. Um, Second week, it's open. It's dropped 68%. Still got number one at the box office. Um, Number two was, you could probably guess it, Minions. And number three was uh, where the crawdads sing um, with 17 million, which actually did a lot better than a lot of people predicted. But anyways, back to Thor. Um, It's got a really high cinema score, which is a B plus, which is good. Um, It's obviously not an A, but B plus. You can't complain about a B plus. I think the reception has been mixed on it. Personally, I thought it was really good. Um, I can't call it great. Um, It had issues, um, a lot of tonal issues and everything. But to me, the tone actually fit with what Taika was trying to do. You have this really, really dark. um, You know, this guy's really good at blending these um, really serious uh, these serious ideas, these serious stories, the serious themes with comedy. And it's really, really bizarre how he does it. And although I do feel like this was done differently than, say, something like Jojo Rabbit, uh, when Taika Waititi did Jojo Rabbit, obviously we knew it was going to be a comedy um, based around the the years of the Holocaust and and based in Nazi Germany. And a lot of people weren't sure how he was going to tackle it. If it was going to be disrespectful, if it was going to, um, you know, nobody knew what to expect. Um, But Taika did a really, really good job blending the, balancing the emotions with um, the overall kind of aesthetic of the film. But he never, you know, brought it down to a point where he's making fun of anything or anything like that. This was just a kid trying, learning how to, um, you know, he's he's hiding a, a Jewish um, a girl in her, in his, you know, his mom is, and he finds out about it. And um, it's a really heartwarming, really great um, comedy. But again, it's based during the Holocaust, right? This really dark time. Um Thor is obviously on a completely different scale. We're talking about fictional characters in a fictional world. But, um, you know, the story of Gore, the God Butcher, isn't a light one to handle. And with his style, especially with Ragnarok, it's really hard to balance it. Um, Gore's story is tragic. It's sad. Um, And you almost want to see him succeed in what he's trying to do because there's a reason for it. Um, and Christian Bale is just absolutely next level. Uh, I don't think anyone out there will will disagree that Christian Bale is one of the um, greatest actors we have working today. He's incredible. He's phenomenal. And um, he brings it all in this. And he's terrifying, utterly terrifying. Um, but his story is tragic. And somehow Taika finds a way to kind of blend the two, the, the dark, tragic tragedy of gore with the lights and 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 humorous angle of Ragnarok um you know he balances it pretty well this one does feel a bit more forced than something like like Jojo Rabbit where it's not you know it does seem like there's two kind of movies going on at once but when it all kind of comes together I think it comes together really really well um so other than it kind of feeling chopped and pieced 
every now and again. Um, I, th I thought the the stylistically it was really well done. Um, Natalie Portman returning as Jane Foster, becoming Mighty Thor was just a treat. Like I absolutely love that. I do wish that in the marketing, I do wish that was less part of the marketing because I feel like that would have been a moment if you saw it at theaters. It could have it was it could it wouldn't have been equivalent to, but it would have been a um, cap. Uh, catching Melnor moment, right? From Endgame. It could have been that kind of like, oh my gosh, like what just happened? Um, if they had just kept her out of the um, marketing altogether, it would have been, I feel like the experience might've been heightened a little bit. Um, but I thought she was really, really cool. Like I loved, I loved her as Mighty Thor. I thought she was great. Um, the banter between her and, uh, you know, Thor, um, Chris Evans, or sorry, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Oh my gosh. Um, Thor, Chris Hemsworth um, was was phenomenal. I thought the uh, Valkyrie um, is just Tessa Thompson. She's just, she's incredible. She's great. She's fantastic. I love her and everything. And she was great in this. Um, I love her character of Valkyrie. Um, and I, I thought, I thought it was really well done. I thought that, um, you know, uh, there was some, oh, the goats guys, the goats, the goats have kind of been really split down the middle. People either loved them or they hated them. I absolutely loved the goats so much. Every single time they made me laugh. Uh, this movie has a good balance of humor and drama. Uh, I, I think, you know, if you're rating it on a scale of one through one through 10, let's say, um, I'd say it's perfectly, it's good. It's, 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 it's watchable. I had a good time. I had a blast with it. I didn't really, you know, it's under two hours. I didn't really have a lot really to complain about. Um, and I, I, I probably give it about a seven, like a seven is, is good. It's a recommendation. Definitely go check it out. Um, it's kind of upper middle tier MCU for me. Um, and speaking of upper middle tier MCU for me, um, Miss Marvel completed its run on Disney plus and, I am, I love this show. I absolutely, I thought it was a lot of fun. I know I've talked about it a lot on this podcast, the last episode aired, so you will never have to hear from me again talking about Miss Marvel until the Marvels come out, comes out. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I love how it dug into culture like no other. It was a beautiful, beautiful portrait of family culture and what it means to be a hero um what it means to be a fan of heroes and you become a hero uh it's so crazy and cool and and i i just i loved it iman valani is just she was just something else like she was incredible the whole cast was great i loved it i absolutely loved it um LRB and Falah, who also directed the uh bad boys for life they kind of spearheaded this show um and they're these guys are these guys are onto incredible things. Um, they're going to be doing the Batgirl for um, DC's Batgirl on HBO Max, um, which is going to be a lot of fun. And they're going to be um, stylistically, it's going to be different, but the guys are going to put their stamp on it. I'm sure, like they did with this show, and they're going to make it their own, and they're going to make it something special and something that we can all. Um, enjoy uh, and it's going to be really cool I'm really excited for that show too not going to lie you're going to see more Michael Keaton Batman yeah so that'll be cool to check out uh, so that's going to be coming out pretty soon here check out Miss Marvel um, check out Thor Love and Thunder uh, you're not 
you're going to have a good time. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, take the family, take the kids, especially if you guys are Marvel fans. So let's talk about um, this past week. One of my most anticipated movies of the year released its trailer, and that is the trailer for Kevin Smith's Clerks 3. I, you know, it's so strange because I remember, you know, back in the 90s when Kevin Smith blew up, right? Kevin Smith was this indie filmmaker. He came up with guys like Quentin Tarantino, Spike Lee, Robert Rodriguez, um, all of these really, really great filmmakers. And they were all kind of doing their own thing. And it was this great kind of indie. Um, all these indie guys were blowing up. And and, and those guys are, are the, the reasons why I wanted to be, you know, I always want to be a writer and a filmmaker. And those guys were kind of my inspiration to do it, especially, specifically Kevin Smith. Uh, here's a guy that talked like me, look like I mean, you know, he kind of had the same style as me. He was a nerd. He loved all these um, comic books and everything. And he was just, he was writing to people like me. I, the first movie I did see of Kevin Smith was Clerk, or sorry, excuse me, was Mallrats. Um, I think I was too young to be able to see Clerks when it first came out. But I saw Mallrats when I was like 16, when it came out, it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. You got the Stan Lee cameo. You had, you know, a lot of the world was just kind of, you know, getting to know Ben Affleck. Um, you know, all these, all these different characters, Jay and Silent Bob were just the best. Um, and uh, it, it kind of changed my, my, whole, uh, my whole outlook on what movies can do and how funny movies can be. Um, and then he followed it up with movies like Chasing Amy and Dogma and uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and all these other great films. Chasing Amy is still one of my f- absolute favorite films of his, but, um, and then eventually I, I saw clerks after I saw Mallrats, and I was like, you know, this little black and white movie, super independent, super, you know, do it yourself attitude. And I read all this, I'd read all the stories, seen all the stuff on entertainment tonight and all these things, you know, about all these filmmakers just kind of doing things their own way. And Kevin Smith was kind of at the top of that for, for me, at least, you know, um, and just seeing what he did with clerks was just again eye-opening like he literally just had some cameras hung out with his friends and and a lot of people were giving him snuff for you know especially later on in his career like oh making movies isn't just you hanging out with your friends and just filming stuff and he's like yeah it is like that's what i do like that's that's filmmaking he's like you get a group of friends that you like working with and you make movies with them that's how you become a successful filmmaker. You get people who like what you do, who believe in what you do and who you are legitimately friends with and you're going to make magic. And he made magic. Um, so Clerks 1, super funny, like uh, Dante and Randall. It was everyone's introduction to them. It was their, you know, it was the world's introduction to Jay and Silent Bob. Um, and you had all these really, really funny stuff in it. You had the Death Star conversations. You had the, some, a lot of stuff I cannot repeat on this podcast, but go watch it. If you're, obviously, if you're a Kevin Smith fan, you've already seen it. And if you never heard of Kevin Smith a day in your life, go watch Clerks. It's incredible. Um, anyways, 10 years after that, 10 years after Clerks, he makes Clerks 2, which was kind of a surprise. Nobody expected a sequel to Clerks. Um, this shows them kind of older, moving on with their lives. They work at a fast food restaurant, Moobies, um, you know, brings back the whole cast, you know, Dante, Randall, um, you know, Jay, you know, Kevin Smith and 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 Jason Mewes as Jay and Silent Bob. And it adds, um, you know, um, 
Elias uh, to the group and it adds uh, Rosario Dawson's character, who I think is just incredible. Rosario is just one of my favorite actresses and joining her joining the cast was was just magic because she vibed with everybody um she was a love interest slash um boss of randall or uh, sorry dante and uh they all worked and she was their boss she was dante and randall's boss and elias's boss at the movies restaurant um anyways that movie was really well done i think it took a lot of people by surprise it was very touching uh said a lot about growing up and life and and kind of doing what you want to do without letting people tell you how to do it. Um, and, and that movie was really special. I really, I, I, for being a sequel, uh, it works really, really well. And I know Kevin Smith has a style, right? Kevin Smith has this very specific way of telling his stories and a lot of people love it or hate. There's a lot of pop culture references. There's a lot of kind of, you know, waxing poetic about life and what it means to be alive and stuff like that. And it's, but it's done in a very humorous way, very funny stuff. Um, and throughout the years, you know, he's kind of been experimenting with other forms of, of filmmaking. He's done, you know, some more studio stuff. He did a uh, Jersey girl, which I thought was really well done, but he also did uh, red States and, um, and Husk, um, which were, good they were fine but i i didn't really gravitate towards those as much um but then he came back with jay and silent bob reboot a couple years ago which was just hilarious and and again it got everyone by surprise because i'm sure you are all well aware but kevin smith he had a heart attack quite a bit long time ago he almost lost his life he almost died um so he had this whole new perspective and a whole new outlook on life and he puts that into his characters who he kind of started out with so um jay and silent bob reboot was a lot about not necessarily having a heart attack or anything but like it was about just kind of growing up you know you have jay and silent bob who are these perpetual you know boy <laughs> you know, the little boys, you know, in men's bodies. And that's how a lot of us feel, especially this generation. We feel like we're just, you know, I'm 42 talking about Marvel movies, you know, and that wasn't something that, that, that happened a lot back in the nineties and stuff like there was, but it wasn't, you know, as, you know, my dad, he was, he was my age when, when, when I was, you know, a certain age and I saw him working all the time. He never played, you know, he played video games and stuff, but you know, it was this whole kind of weird, different dynamic. But anyways, this generation is growing up in a very specific way where, where uh, nerdum and fandom is just going to be, it's kind of with you for life. Um, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, and that's how Kevin Smith modern movies are. They kind of look at this generation and be like, okay, like, how do we kind of navigate this generation, this different type of growing up? That's what he did with Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Um, and that's what he's doing with Clerks 3. Clerks 3, the basic plot is, uh, and I, I love it so much. Um, Randall, you know, they're working at the quick stop again because at the end of Clerks 2, they ended up buying it and, and keeping it for themselves and, and running it themselves. Um, but at the end of that one, he's still working at quick stop. And, and in uh, Clerks 3, it appears he has a heart attack, much like Kevin Smith's real life stories. And he realizes his life was just a series of of nothing you know they watch the same tv show all the same movies all the time they they talk about star wars all day they do all these things um and he decides uh, you know dante and him decide to make a movie 
And sure enough, uh, that movie turned out to be Clerks, the very first Clerks. Um, so this is basically a, a meta movie about them, you know, growing up and making Clerks, the movie on a super low budget. Um, I think it's really clever. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm so, I'm beyond excited to see these guys again. It's always great hanging out with them. And I always thought it'd be really fun every 10, 15 years to get a new Clerks movies to see where they're at. Who knows that might still happen, but judging from this trailer, it looks like it might be a swan song. It looks like it's all coming full circle um, for Dante and Randall, at least. Uh, I can't say much about Jane and Silent Bob because who knows what their shenanigans they're up to. Um, but uh, it looks like it's going to be a swan song for them. And, and it's a little it's a little sad, a little heartbreaking. But, um, you know, if they do get a send off, you know, uh, who, hopefully they get the send off they deserve and I'm excited for it. Um, Kevin Smith is going on tour with the movie. It will be playing um, for the um, Fathom events, uh, which same thing with Jay and Silent Bob reboot kind of had the same kind of release pattern. Uh, he's going to go on tour. You get your tickets at his website. And unfortunately I cannot remember the name of the website for the life of me, but look up clerks three, you'll be able to find it. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. He'll be in attendance for the tour him and uh, Jason Muse will be doing Q and A's and stuff like that. So don't miss out on that. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. I've never met the guy, but it's, it's always been a dream, a dream to meet him. So um, yeah, I, uh, you know, keep an eye out for that. It's coming out in October or September, October. I can't remember the exact date, but the trailer's online. You could just look it up on YouTube and check it out. Um, and definitely, you know, if you haven't watched any Kevin Smith movies, uh, go check some out, man. Like you're, you're not going to, you know, either you're going to love it or you're going to hate it. Hopefully you love it. But and if you hate it, that's fine, too. Say, hey, Kevin, I hated that. That wasn't really my vibe. OK, totally cool, man. Um, we all have our things. So, um, yeah, he's got a wide variety of movies to choose from. So um, definitely, definitely check him out. So, yeah, Clerks 3 is coming out soon. I'm so excited. Um Talk some TV stuff, guys. Um, so <laughs> this movie's coming out to Peacock. And uh, from what I've heard, at least it's supposed to be Peacock. Um, I'm kind of confused if it's going to be theatrical or Peacock. But um, Rob Zombie has released his trailer for his version, his modern version. Or I don't know if it's modern, but his take on the Munsters TV series. Uh, it's going to be a movie. Uh, supposedly going to be on Peacock. Uh, trailer's out. Go watch it. Or don't. Doesn't matter. Because it looks it looks horrible. Um, but it's just a trailer, right? So you can't really judge much from the trailer. And I'm the guy who's like, hey, um, watch, you know, watch the movie, you know, when it comes out, judge then. You know, a trailer generally... You know, it should be a good indication of what the movie's going to be. Uh, most of the time it is. I hope that's not the case with this movie. Um, I um, I don't even really know what to say. The cast is fine. Um, it just, it looks, it looks bad. It looks bad. It looks cheap. Like I, this is a $40 million movie, right? So yeah, I get it. It's not a lot, especially in today's studio terms, right? 40 million is nothing. You don't really get a lot with that. Um, 
This is Rob Zombie, right? So I can't imagine he's had a bigger budget for some of his other movies. I can't imagine he had over 40 million for, um, you know, The Devil's Rejects. I, 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 obviously, for like the Halloween, he might have. Um, but I can't imagine him having a whole lot of money for those movies. Um, but those movies look good. Like, even just from the trailer, like, they just look and, and they're tangible. Whether or not you like them or not, they're, they they look like movies like they look like professionally done movies um and i'm not saying anything bad about non-professionally done movies because there are a bunch of filmmakers out there who are doing incredible work um who you know low budgets you know these indie dramas indie whatever they are you know the student films, whatever they are, a lot of them are really good. Like, so I'm not, I'm not even like even comparing that to what he's doing here. All I'm saying is you're, you're someone like Rob Zombie, you have a decent budget. You have a knowledge of filmmaking. You've made some films, you know what you're going to do. And you're a big fan of this franchise and this is what you do. So I, again, I don't know. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to, especially if it's on Peacock, I'm going to watch it. Like, I got to give it a shot. What it looks, it looks bad. I don't know how much I can give it a shot, but again, I'm the optimistic one. I, I hate to be a pessimist. So um, check out the trailer. Let me know what you think. Like, I understand it's got like a very cheesy kind of um, silly vibe to it. And I know the original Monsters wasn't the most serious thing in the world and it was just goofy and I loved it. It was a lot of fun. But I never felt like it was cheesy on purpose. Like if I felt like the concept was a was a little quirky, um, but that was fine because it worked, right? It was more of a domestic comedy, leave it to Beaver. But they were just like they were monsters. Um, they were monsters, you know. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, we'll see how it goes when it comes out. But I uh, I'll definitely be um, checking it out and be reporting on. Uh, on uh, what I find, you know, what we think when uh, that movie comes out. So um, yeah, definitely um, that's, that's coming out soon. So um, also on TV um, recently, I haven't watched it yet, but on Friday, um, which was, uh, I record this on Sunday. So this past Friday that just, it just passed um, the um, Resident Evil TV series premiered on Netflix Um so check that out. If you guys get a chance, let me know what you guys think. I'm going to be watching it soon. So um, yeah, please no spoilers, but I'd love to hear what you guys' thoughts. I, I'm a, I'm one of the fans of the, the movies just because they're so bad. They're good. Like um, Mila Jovovich is just, I, I really like her. I think she's a fun actress to watch and I think she's great. Um, and I think that, um, you know, the movies, what they are, you know, they're just, and they don't you know they tie into the the video games the best that they can um and i think it's a really cool connection to kind of separate them um to separate the movies from the from the video games you know kind of giving them their own style their own vibe their own characters things like that and i heard this tv show kind of does the same thing um so yeah if you guys are interested in resident evil check that out that's on netflix now and um you guys should be able to get the to get that um 
if you guys have Netflix. Um, just a couple more things before we wrap up here, guys. Um, there is a, so one of my favorite things in the world is Lego. I love Lego. I host a Lego podcast. If you guys have a chance, check out Pastrami Nation Brick Therapy. Um, it's me and, 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 and Christian and Jason, and we just, uh, we host it and we just talk about Lego all day. It's a lot of fun. Um, but one of the coolest ideas sets uh, that has been announced is actually coming out in October. Um, and it's the office. Uh, they're, they're making a legitimate office Lego set, um, you know, Dunder Mifflin uh, in all of its glory. It looks amazing. It looks really cool. The set it's, you know, it comes with 15 minifigures. That's a lot of minifigures um, come in one set. You know, there have been sets that come with, you know, more or less or whatever, or more about the same. Uh, the Daily Beagle set came with a bunch of, I think it's 23 um, minifigures based on Spider-Man. Um, but this one comes with everybody, guys. This one has your favorite characters. Um, it includes Michael Scott, Dwight Schrute, Jim Halpert, Pam, uh, you know, Pam, Ryan, Angela, and her cat garbage. Don't forget that. Uh, Oscar Martinez, Kevin Malone, Stanley Hudson, Kelly Kapur, Phyllis, Meredith, Creed, Toby, and Daryl. Um, they all have the dual-sided faces too. So they all have different expressions and they each come with something like clever for their characters, um, which is pretty fun. Like Kevin has his chili. Um, the, uh, you know, like, you know, like I mentioned, Angela had her cat. Um, Michael has his world's best boss um, mug. Uh, there's so much cool stuff in this set, guys. It, it's going to come out soon. Um let me just make sure real quick. Yeah, it's going to cost $120. Um, releases on October 1st. So definitely, definitely, definitely keep your eye out for that. And also on October 1st um, comes the amazing Bowser set from Lego and Nintendo. Oh my gosh, guys. If you guys haven't looked that up, please look it up. It looks, it's amazing. I'm blown away by it. It's probably one of my, my, it's probably the coolest set I've seen that they're doing this year for me personally. I think it looks fantastic. I think it looks amazing. It has some really cool functionality to it. Um, I'm going to be, that's definitely October 1st. So October 1st is going to be taking a lot of money from a lot of people's wallets. So um, yeah. So you guys can go to lego.com to learn more information about those sets. If you guys are interested about those. Um, and Finally, we have our toy of the week this week. Now, listen, I know I've been really bad with actually like action figures, things like that. Again, this isn't a toy as much. I love books, guys. I love books about filmmaking. I love books about creating. I love books about um, learning how, you know, uh, some people come up in the industry, things like that. Previously, I recommended the um, Blood, Sweat, and Chrome, the Making of Mad Max book. This time might be the last book for a while. So just letting you guys know that. And that's fine. I'm sure it's fine with you guys. Um, but there's this uh, Jim Henson biography by, I know this is always great for um, audio podcasts. So I do apologize for typing. Um, and this thing is, um, this book is incredible. It's by, it's the official biography by Brian J. Jones. Um, it's a massive book. It's a lot of pages, but um, I'm only like a little bit over a hundred pages into it. And it's already just kind of become one of the best kind of biographies I've ever read of anybody. Um, learning about how he not only changed puppetry, but changed television as we know it is just fascinating. 
And by this point in the book, it's he still hasn't even created the Muppets as we know it. Like he has a series of puppets called the Muppets, but it's it's not close. You know, you have Kermit, but that's about it. Like everyone else is still kind of in his development phases. They're still learning how to control, how to, how to do these puppets. And, and one of the other fascinating things was he didn't even want to be a puppeteer. Like puppetry was like the last thing on his mind. He never even thought about it. He wanted to be a, he just wanted to be on, he wanted to get into the TV industry. That's all he wanted, get into TV industry. He found out puppetry was kind of his way in. He fell in love with it. Um, he learned different, you know, puppetry was like this big thing in Europe and things like that. And he took a trip over there to, just kind of clear his mind and stuff. And he almost gave up on puppets here because American um, sensibilities didn't really gravitate towards puppets. But when he went to Europe, he learned how much they were revered over there. Like puppetry is like, a, it is here too, but it was a whole new level of art form over in Europe and France and things like that. Um, and he brought a lot of that mentality here um to show audiences and i think a lot of people responded to that so um but this book is fascinating uh, it's just called jim henton the biography by brian j jones definitely check it out um and i think that'll do it guys that's it for today i really 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 appreciate you guys listening um please like um subscribe wherever you listen to leave leave a review we always love reviews see what we can do better see what i can do better i love hearing from you guys so um you follow me on uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Just search up Kevin Hoskinson um, and you'll find me on there. I'm also on TikTok. Uh, you can find me on there, uh, Kevin underscore Hoskinson, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, same as Instagram and uh, Twitter, uh, Kevin underscore Hoskinson. So I'd love for um, you guys to reach out. Let's chat, man. Let's chat some really cool nerdy stuff. And you guys have ideas for the show. Um, please let me know. Um, me up um but again thank you guys for your support it means a lot um and take care of each other um hope you guys are doing well uh and and again feel free to reach out let's chat let's talk and let's uh you know let's be friends let's all be friends so all right you guys well i hope you guys had a good weekend and i hope everything is going well take care of yourselves and each other and uh, as always stay nerdy america (laughs) 